1: You can interact with us via social media on our Facebook page at I Love Old Time Radio or on Twitter at I Love OT Radio. You can send feedback via the contact form on our website at iloveoldtimeradio.com or you can leave a voice message using the Anchor.fm app. If you enjoyed this program, please take the time to rate and review us at review.iloveoldtimeradio.com.
0: Uh-uh, don't touch that dial. There's excitement galore coming up in the next hour when you'll hear Uh, Up, Up and Away. Oh, boy. During another exciting episode of Chicken Man. He's everywhere! He's everywhere! The most fantastic crime fighter the world
1: has ever known. I Love Old Time Radio producing a new show every Monday through Friday, each day with a different theme. Wednesdays are all about detectives, like Detective Danny Clover on Broadway Is My Beat. This episode originally aired on July 24th, 1950, and this is called The Celia Jordan Murder Case.
2: Wrigley's Spearmint Chewing Gum, the refreshing, delicious treat that gives you chewing enjoyment, presents for your listening enjoyment.
3: Broadway's My Beat, from Times Square to Columbus Circle. The gaudiest, the most violent, the lonesomest mile in the world.
2: Broadway's My Beat, the thrilling drama of murder and mystery and the people who walk the great white way, with Larry Thor as Detective Danny Clover.
3: In the summer's heat, Broadway is a wasteland, sullen, a place of regret. It's a time when the breeze puffs in from the river, dies suddenly before it touches your dampened cheek. The time when you wake up already exhausted, then pause before your office door and consider arson. Broadway fans itself with a newspaper and finds fascination watching a fat fly crawl against a sweating window. The thing to do is give up, except you've got a job, except you've got to pay the rent, pick up the check, buy the beer, leave the tip, meet the installment. July or not, you've got to make a living, kid. For my part, I would rather have been at Jones Beach, but I wasn't. The apartment was expensive, but something had gone wrong. The upended furniture, the torn drapes, the slick paintings abstracted into crazy angles against the wall, the empty liquor bottles. The place was a mess, which included the man who nagged at me. You've been doing nothing but walk around. Say something to me, so I'll know you're working. I'm working, Mr. Chelsea. I walk around and observe and jot little things down in this little book, and that's what I get paid for.
4: You don't care, do you? What do you care if someone's been killed, slashed to death?
3: Show me a body, and I'll help you weep.
4: If you'd only listen to me. Stop walking around and hear what I've got to say.
3: All right. Go ahead, Mr. Chelsea.
4: Something's happened to Celia.
3: Celia Jordan, that's the name, isn't it? Uh, So I'll know.
4: Why don't you pay attention? Look at those spots over there.
3: Blood. I'd say they were blood. Drunks have a habit of getting themselves nicked. I can show you statistics. Something's happened to Celia. Mr. Chelsea, why are you here? What are you doing in this apartment? I asked you that ten minutes ago, and you told me something's happened to Celia. What are you doing here?
4: I I had a date with her tonight. I have one with her almost every night.
3: I see. Is this Miss Jordan's photograph? She's young, about... uh, Twenty-two, I'd say. But then I'm not very good on guessing ages. For instance, I'd say you were about uh, 53. Fifty-one. You see what I mean? I'm not very good about ages. Something's happened. Don't do that again, Mr. Chelsea.
4: Well, something has. And I know why, too.
3: Now I'll listen to you.
4: I've known Celia for three years. Met her at a banquet for my corporation stockholders. She was there because... Well, if you must know... Well, she was in a cake.
3: You met her in a cake, Mr.
4: Chelsea? Well, well, I pulled the ribbon that was attached to this big cake on the table, and and Celia
3: popped out. That sometimes happens. And it was
4: just about this time that Cliff went away. Cliff? Cliff Moore, a boy that Celia used to know. He was in the Army, went overseas with the occupation forces three years ago.
3: I see, and you took over.
4: Cliff is back now. Celia told me. She said she saw Cliff on the street and he recognized her. But she didn't recognize him. Oh? Why? She found out Cliff was discharged for mental reasons. Something about he was hurt on maneuvers. Oh, I
3: don't know. You're trying to say that this Cliff... That this
4: Cliff has done harm to Celia. That's what I'm trying to say. What about those bloodstains? What
3: are you It could have been nothing, or it could have been what the man said, a violence, unknown, unshaped, born and nurtured in the December love of the man for a woman. And finally, the violence assuming its pattern and its texture, the room torn in anger, the room empty of the woman, the room stained with blood. And the policeman has to make sure. He calls the men from technical, and they come with their scales and their rules and the sharp little knives. And they scrape and measure and weigh. The blood is human blood. Does it equal death? And that's an equation a policeman has to solve. At the hotel where Cliff Moore lived, they told me he'd checked out. No, he hadn't left a forwarding address. And that meant an all-points bulletin on Cliff Moore and Celia Jordan. And in a few hours, a call from Detective Mugovan. A bartender on 3rd Avenue had recognized a picture of Celia Jordan. Would I care to come down and check? I cared. Hi, Danny. Oh, Muggerman, which one recognized the picture? Uh, uh, Charlie over there. Hey, Charlie!
5: Another suds coming up, Detective Muggervin. No! Uh,
6: no, Charlie, just you, no more beer. Oh, what'll it be, Detective Muggerman? Uh, This is Danny Clover, Charlie, the detective handling oh. the case I was telling you
3: about. Oh, Charlie. Well, I'm
5: glad to know you, Danny.
3: Mugavan tells me you recognize Celia Jordan's picture. Was she in here?
5: Well, oh, no, she was that, and not alone. With a man, and well, she might be, she's that pretty. When was that? Oh, yesterday, toward the cool of the evening. In the twilight cocktail hour, they sat at that marble-topped table with the romantic crack in its surface. What time did they leave? Oh, around eight, I'd say. They were hungry, went off to eat. How do you know? The girl was so pretty, I kept hovering around the table. That way, willy-nilly, I was forced to eavesdrop. Were you
3: forced to hear where they went?
5: Oh, I was indeed. To Matthew's, the steakhouse on Second Avenue it was.
7: waited on this girl? Hmm. I'm certain of it. Of course, yes. Was she with anyone? She was. A young man. A nervous, temperamental type, I'd classify him. Uh, the way he handled his eating tools. Uh, the way he addressed himself to his food. All symptoms... How long de- were they here? Mm, a modest time. They ate neither too quickly to a new story. Uh, rather rare in these times. How long? An hour and a half, an hour and 40 minutes. What does it matter, one way or another? They left here around 10 o'clock. Hmm, around 10 o'clock. Did you... Uh... Uh, permit me to anticipate your question, friend. They left by cab. Yellow cab.
5: Yeah. I picked them up at a steak joint on second. What's the matter? They committed something? Where'd you take them? To the girl's apartment on 63rd. Man tells me to wait. I wait. An hour, an hour and a half, two hours. My meter is a plume with money. Donnie comes and spoils it all. Alone? All alone. I gather that they, uh. What does it matter what I gather? Anyway, I take the guy to the address he gives me. Where? The Suffolk Hotel on 70 Feast. He committed something?
7: Yeah, come on in. Oh, well, don't stand there. Come on in. You're Cliff Moore? I'll close the door and sit down, will you? We've been looking for you, Cliff. Now that's mighty nice. The police. Oh, I know what. The census taker missed me. You know why we've been looking for you? Gosh. Huh? I don't know you well enough, so I said gosh. That's because my cigarette just rolled off the table. Step on her huh? now. Hmm. Thanks. You were looking for me. Why? Because of Celia Jordan. She's coming back to me on bended knee, and she's rousted the whole police department to find me. Good, sweet, four-square Celia. She's missing, Cliff. We found bloodstains in her apartment. That guy, that Paul Chelsea beat her up? Oh, I'll bet she had fun.
3: Cliff, we know you were with Celia last night. We know you took her home, spent some time in her apartment. Swell, swell. What happened
7: between you and her yesterday? Walked and talked and sipped a few and had a steak. You know, boy and girl, hand in hand. The things magazine ads are made of. What happened in her apartment? Oh, sad time. She had a smile all rehearsed to drag out for the occasion. You're a nice boy, Cliff, and we did have fun, but you're broke. The best you can expect is 50 a week if you're your type of successful. Anyway, Cliff, there's the thing. She didn't know how to say it, so she called it the thing. She said it in capital letters. About what? I got a medical discharge from the Army because... Well, because I'm a nervous boy. Post-war Germany made me nervous. Also a live landmine during maneuvers. What else? I don't know. So you can't find Celia, huh? No, we can't. Now, when you find her, let me know if she needs any help. Sure. Don't run away, Cliff. (laughs) You kidding? I sit here and run away all the time. Because I'm a nervous boy.
5: Look what I got on the tray, Danny. Nice surprise, huh? 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 Come on, sit down, Danny, and I will cater to what you. What in the name of... Iced tea, Danny. Look, boiled hot water, courtesy the lab boys with their Bunsen burners. Cubes of ice, courtesy the deft hand of Gino Tartaglia, purloining learning from a water cooler. Tea bags, courtesy Mrs. Tartaglia, who is friendly with the friendly jewel tea man. Glasses, courtesy... Uh, Gino, Gino, what have I ever done? Well, you have been considerate and kind to me, Danny. So, this is just a small token of the... Well, uh, how do you want it? With or without lemon? With. The best way to fight the heat. Hey, coming up, Danny. Gino. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. You want to know, is there any progress in the search for once Celia Jordan vanished? Possibly mayhem committed upon. Possibly deceased. Uh, Stop me if I'm wrong. No, no, go ahead. There is no progress. Anything else, Danny?
3: No. No, I guess there's nothing else, Gino. Excuse me. Certainly. Thank you. Danny Clover speaking.
8: I understand you've been looking for me, Mr. Clover. Who is this? Celia Jordan. Are you all right? Not a mark on you, Mr. Clover, anywhere. Come see for yourself. You really should. It leaves your mind.
3: But we thought, where are you, Miss Jordan?
8: At the Amsterdam Hotel on 34th Street, room 2412. I'll be ready for you. You see, you see, Mr. Clover, I'm perfectly all right. My arms, my legs, my throat. I wore this sunsuit especially for you. So you could see I was all right. All over, I'm all right. Miss Jordan. Except inside. Since I called you, it's funny. Inside, it doesn't feel so good. Inside, it hurts.
3: Here, let me help you. Lie down here, on this couch.
8: Thanks. (laughs) You know something is.
3: Don't talk. I'll go get a doctor. No,
8: don't go. It really hurts. It hurts bad. Don't go. Help me
3: and after death touched her whispered to her eyes pleaded with me and the attitude of her body was a beggar's contorted in pain twisted in longing grotesque with despair and suddenly she could no longer reject it and her body eased with the acceptance it was still because the poison inside her was stilled its shadow on her lips in her eyes and the violence that had been marked for Celia Jordan was finally hers Celia Jordan was dead.
2: Remember, friends, to make every day more enjoyable, treat yourself often to refreshing, delicious, Wrigley's Spearmint Chewing Gum. There's lots of cooling, real mint flavor in every stick. And chewing Wrigley Spearmint helps keep you feeling fresh and alert. You feel better, work better, get more fun out of doing things. So indoors, outdoors, wherever you go, keep some healthful, refreshing Wrigley Spearmint Chewing Gum handy. To make every day more enjoyable, treat yourself often to delicious Wrigley Spearmint Chewing Gum. We now continue with Broadway's My Beat. Written by Morton Fine and David Friedkin and starring Larry Thor as Detective Danny Clover.
3: Summer begins its long dying and Broadway reacts to the process about the same as anywhere else with regret of a smile and closed eyes. Except on Broadway there'll be more things to remember, huh, kid? The evening's just as twilight washed over you and the lights on the Translux flicker like fireflies and dance out the dance of how it is to be at war in the summertime, and the cool evening breeze from the air-cooled movie, refreshing, till the newsreel sends out a cold wind, and you shiver and move to another place. Because in summer, a man needs something he can hold onto, something to latch onto, like the murder of that girl there in that hotel in the sunsuit, poisoned, murdered, saying the last word she ever said into the ears of a policeman. And the next morning at headquarters, the policeman sits in his office, remembering her words, but finding in them no trace of a murderer's name. Then a door opens, and a voice that's welcome calls you. Danny? And it's Dr. Sinski. Uh,
6: Danny, this heat, this inferno, can take the heart out of a man.
3: Well, sit over there by the window, doctor.
6: Yeah,
3: Pretty girl you. might walk by and set a cool breeze in motion. <laughs> Dreamer. That's yeah, no good, huh, doctor? You can't put it off, huh?
6: No, Danny, that's why I'm here. Yeah. I wish it could be just a chat, but man wishes and death. Ah, the report on Celia Jordan. Poisoned? You were right, Danny, the girl was poisoned. What kind doesn't matter much. What matters is that there was enough to kill her. (laughs) What pain must have been hers? How long? Poison that takes maybe three hours to act with five minutes of terrible pain at the end. Hmm.
3: Anything else, doctor?
6: You asked me to examine her for a cut or a wound. Well? There was nothing, Danny. Her skin was not even scratched, not even the shadow of a bruise. This is important?
3: Yeah, because it might give me her murderer. Uh, Excuse me, Doctor.
6: Mugavin here?
3: Danny, I want you to take a plant, Mugavin.
6: Okay, Danny. Where? Who?
3: Suffolk Hotel on 71st, Cliff Moore.
6: Uh, this Cliff Moore, he murdered the girl?
3: Maybe, but I don't think so.
6: Oh? Uh, this is a day for riddles, huh, Danny?
3: No, doctor. This is a day where I get a choice. I get two suspects for the price of one.
9: Yes?
3: My name's Danny Clover. I'm from the police. Are you... Mrs.
9: Chelsea, you have the correct house? Yes. Well, then, please come in.
3: Thank you. Mrs. Chelsea, I... Sit down, Uh...
9: please. All right. Yes?
3: Uh, I wanted to talk to your husband.
9: Oh, I'm afraid not. He's not home, you know.
3: I stopped at his office. He wasn't there, either.
9: No, of course not.
3: Then where is he?
9: Oh, I'm afraid I couldn't tell you that. I really don't know where he is. The bother of is... Don't you
3: care where he is?
9: Paul? My husband? Oh, no.
3: Mrs. Chelsea...
9: uh, Is Paul in trouble?
3: Yes, he is.
9: I'll fix your drink if you'd like. No,
3: don't bother. It's in connection with a murder.
9: Yeah, the one in this morning's paper. Celia Jordan's.
3: You know about her?
9: Paul doesn't think I do, but I know all about her. Unfortunate. Some women never know why suddenly they come to hate the men they used to love. They blame it on routine, getting old, habit. (laughs) So silly.
3: And you hate your husband.
9: Because of Celia Jordan. Has he murdered her?
3: Maybe. Maybe someone else. We'll find out.
9: Oh, I wouldn't suspect anyone else if I were you. That'd be stupid. Paul killed that girl.
3: He told you he did
9: As much as did that. Oh? I confess it. I listen in on his telephone conversations. He thinks I eat chocolates when I lie in bed. Oh, I do, but I listen to his conversations on the extensions. Not much fun, but then it's not much effort either.
3: What are you trying to tell me, Mrs. Chelsea?
9: That girl was blackmailing Paul. Oh? $50,000.
3: Was your husband going to pay it?
9: Well, he said he'd meet her at the Amsterdam hotel, but I know it wasn't to pay the money. <laughs> oh, my, of course not. $50,000, Paul?
3: And I guess he did commit murder if what you say is true.
9: Please understand me. I'm plump, I'm a henna, I eat chocolate, and I sleep most of the day. I'm a woman in her late 40s, so I would lie, but not to help Paul. Not Paul.
3: Then you're glad your husband might be held for murder.
9: Well, I'll miss him. He's not coming home when he usually does might throw my days off. It'll be an effort to get used to it, but on the whole, Mr. Clover... Yes? On the whole, I'm glad about it. Delighted. As a matter of fact, nothing nicer's happened to me in a long time. I'd like that drink, Mr. Clover, wouldn't you?
3: I said no thanks, which gave Mrs. Chelsea reason to pop a fruit-filled nougat in her mouth. She didn't offer me one of those, so I knew my time was up. I left. I checked Mugovan. Cliff Moore hadn't stirred, Mugovan told me. Then to find Mr. Chelsea. Back to his office. Not in. Try his club. I tried his club. Not in. Try the bar around the corner. Not there. So I went to a place without being told. The apartment where I'd first met Mr. Chelsea. Why, I reasoned, shouldn't Mr. Chelsea be there again? For the sake of sweet old nostalgia. The door was open. I walked in. The place looked better. Neat. Everything in its place. The pictures. Furniture. Mr. Chelsea. I knew it was him because once I'd noticed he was getting bald. The pattern of it was the same. But Mr. Chelsea had been battered, beaten with a fury that demanded a lot of pain, get there before death did. The pain had made it. So had death. Now it gave me a new place to go.
6: Here, Danny. Here I am. Shade of this doorway. Cliff Moore? He's in his room, and the hotel hasn't stirred from it. What's the matter, Danny? You don't look good. Looks like more than the heat. I just cut myself a murderer. Oh? Yeah, Paul Chelsea. Well, that should make you look good. Anyway, better.
3: Those bloodstains he showed me in Celia Jordan's room, they were his from a cut under his arm. I saw it. I took the bandage off. So why so gloomy? You got him. He staged the whole thing, the room in a shambles, the bloodstains on the floor. He figured killing was easier than paying blackmail. But he made a mistake. What's the matter with you, Danny? Of course he did. So why? I... Not that kind of mistake. He got himself beaten up. Beaten to death, but for sure, with an andiron. Cliff Moore? I think so. Go back to headquarters, Muggerman. I won't need you anymore. <laughs>
7: It's you. It came back to me. Isn't that interesting? You are, Cliff. Doctors find me so. Sometimes kids. And women. This I understand. But you? Now that throws me.
3: You interest me because you're a murderer. <laughs> Point of information. Who did I murder? Paul Chelsea. Oh, him. So why did I murder him? A simple motive. An old one. You loved Celia. You beat Chelsea to
7: death with an iron because he killed your Celia. Every minute I learn new things. This Chelsea, Celia's good companion. He killed her, huh? I think so. A puzzle. Why did this old Mr. Chelsea murder something young and precious and vibrant, like they say? Like Celia. You can answer that all by yourself, can't you, Cliff? Yes, I can. He killed her because she was going to blackmail him. (laughs) Did you know this whole blackmail thing was all my idea? Because I'm cynical and sick. The proud possessor of a medical discharge. Let's go, Cliff. <laughs> Stop it, Cliff. I said let's go. Let's go on and hit me. There's nothing I could do to you, so hit me. What? Look at my hands, my arms. I can't lift them no more than that. That live mine I told you about, it fixed them like that. I can lift them maybe four inches. That's what makes me so interesting. That's how I can take an andiron and beat a man to death when I can't even open a door or lift a cigarette off the floor without crawling like an animal. <laughs> you call me a murderer? <laughs> oh, thanks, Mr. Clover. <laughs>
9: I was just dozing off, too. What now?
3: May I come in, Mrs. Chelsea?
9: Oh, and I was just dozing off, too. I have to talk to you. Oh, please come in. Oh, I hope this won't take too long. Sit down.
3: No, I don't think so. Oh,
9: what now, Mr. Clover?
3: But Paul.
9: Oh, Paul.
3: He's dead.
9: Oh, you're silly.
3: He's dead, Mrs. Chelsea.
9: He is? Paul? What? Why, you're not kidding me. He really is, isn't he? Uh-huh. You better leave me alone, Mr. Clover. The things I said about him, you won't believe me if I cry. No, I won't. I don't blame you. Please, please go away. Who killed him? You don't know? Who killed Paul?
3: It was this way. Your husband murdered Celia Jordan.
9: I told you that. Because
3: she demanded blackmail. Because she threatened to tell you about what Paul had been doing.
9: And I knew about it all the time. Errors. A comedy of errors. The blackmail
3: was a scheme whipped up between Celia and her boyfriend, Cliff Moore.
9: And this boy, this Cliff, he killed my husband.
3: Why should Cliff do that?
9: Why? Oh, my. You ask me that? A police?
3: Yeah, that's what I asked you.
9: Well, I think it's obvious, don't you? Paul kills his girl, Cliff shoots my husband.
3: I didn't say your husband was shot. Oh. Your husband was beaten to death.
9: Oh. Cliff beat him to death.
3: You know, I've... uh come to know your husband, working in this case, peeking into small corners of his life. He was a man I can understand. I feel sorry for him.
9: Hmm. Tell me how so I can feel sorry for him, too. I suppose I owe that to Paul. A
3: man is 50. He knows it, realizes that the rest of his life has to be lived. Something he wanted all his life and missed. Something like that passes close to him. He clutches onto it.
9: I don't understand you at all.
3: Something like a beautiful girl, a sympathetic girl. Celia? You can't really blame him now, can you, Mrs. Chelsea? After all, he... he... had
9: his own home. He had me. What's wrong with me? Go ahead, tell me. I can take it. What's wrong?
3: You couldn't hold your husband.
9: Why? Why couldn't I hold him? Tell me why.
3: Celia Jordan. Young, beautiful, warm. Her mind was lithe. Young.
9: You felt You like Paul. Was
3: kind to Paul. Filth. Something he wanted all his life. Filth. Something he didn't have with you. Ah! That's why you killed him.
9: Beat him and beat him and beat him until he was dead. He died too quickly. He wouldn't even give me that satisfaction. Valve!
3: Let's go, Mrs. Chelsea. When dawn touches Broadway, the shadows linger for one final caress, then leave and take away the night. A cloud drifts, and far away a bird dips and touches it with a wing. The time has come for the day. The people wake. The fury gathers. The crowd funnels into the streets. Walk easy, kid. The shock is on. It's Broadway, the gaudiest, the most violent, the lonesomest mile in the world. Broadway, my beat.
2: Remember, friends, to make every day more enjoyable, treat yourself often to refreshing, delicious Wrigley Spearmint chewing gum. There's lots of cooling, real mint flavor in every stick. And chewing Wrigley Spearmint helps keep you feeling fresh and alert. You feel better, work better, get more fun out of doing things. So indoors, outdoors, wherever you go, keep some healthful, refreshing Wrigley Spearmint Chewing Gum handy. To make every day more enjoyable, treat yourself often to delicious Wrigley Spearmint Chewing Gum. The makers of Wrigley's Spearmint Chewing Gum hope you've enjoyed tonight's story and that you're enjoying Wrigley's Spearmint Gum every day. We invite you to join us next week at this time when Detective Danny Clover returns again with Broadway's My Beat. Broadway's My Beat, brought to you by Wrigley's Spearmint Gum, is produced and directed by Elliot Lewis with music composed and conducted by Alexander Courage. The program is written by Morton Fine and David Friedkin and stars Larry Thor as Detective Danny Clover with Charles Calvert as Tartaglia. Included in tonight's cast were Irene Tedrow, Joyce McCluskey, Jack Crucian, Earl Ross, Jack Edwards, and Tom Holland. Bob Stevenson speaking. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System.
0: Another exciting episode in the life of the most fantastic crime fighter the world has ever known. The office of the police commissioner of Midland City.
8: Hello, this is the Commissioner... Miss
0: Helfinger, this is the Wing
8: Warrior. Yes, what is it?
0: Please inform
2: the Commissioner that I'm now all set for test sequence number one. What? It's all primed and ready to go.
8: What are you talking about?
2: The chicken missile, Miss Helfinger. The chicken missile? Yes, so tell the Commissioner I'm ready for test sequence number one. <laughs> yes, Miss Helfinger.
8: Commissioner, the chicken missile is ready to go.
0: Huh?
8: The chicken missile.
0: Yes, of course, the,
8: uh... And it's ready for test sequence number one. Test
0: sequence number one. Number one. Well, that's, um, very nice. Very nice, yes.
8: Hello, Winged Warrior. Right here, Miss Halvinger. The commissioner said that's very nice.
2: Oh, fine. In that case, Miss Halvinger, have the commissioner stand by with the chicken missile receiver. What? I'm going to count down. Listen. uh, We'll see you at 1,400 hours. Hello, wait... Yes, Miss
8: Commissioner? Yes. If I would say to you, prepare the chicken missile receiver, would you know? No, I would. I didn't think you would. Commissioner? Yes. I would suggest that you crouch under your desk. Crouch under my desk? Yes. Thanks. It should provide some protection. Crouch.
0: Hey, that chicken missile really works nifty. Will the Midland City Fire Department recommend that a chicken missile receiver be installed in what's left of Midland City Hall? Be listening tomorrow for another exciting episode in the life of the most fantastic crime fighter the world has ever known. You're listening to I Love Old Time Radio with your host,
1: Virtual Vinny. Welcome back. Well, with her name in the title, you knew poor Celia was not going to survive this episode. Such a strange story, one that seems very common on Broadway's My Beat. And what about that wife? She went from zero to crazy real fast. Like us on Facebook at I Love Old Time Radio. Follow us on Twitter at I Love OT Radio. Comments and questions can be directed to our website at com, or leave a voice message using the Anchor.fm app. If you'd like to help support this show, you can do so at support I com, or by joining our Vintage Radio Club and get an extra episode a week. Tomorrow it's a new episode of Inner Sanctum Mystery, and join us next Wednesday for some more Broadway Is My beat For iLevelTimeRadio.com, this is Virgil Vinny signing off.